Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm Graham Richmond, and this is your Wiretaps for Monday, August 1st, 2022. I'm joined by Alex Brown from Cornwall, England. Alex, how are things going this week? Very good. Thank you, Graham. So I feel like we are now in serious application preparation time. Like we're maybe, what, a little more than a month from some of the big round one deadlines. I don't want to put you on the spot, but isn't there like a Harvard deadline in in the first week of September? I mean, we're getting closer and closer. Yeah, September is certainly when it all kicks off into high gear. I mean, people are currently applying to Columbia Early Decision. So so, so that, that process has sort of gotten underway. Um, and yeah, we haven't really had much um, additional waitlist activity from from this current season's um, crop. So, um, so yeah, I, I would say safe for us to say we're pretty much full on for next season now. Yeah, and this is that time where I feel like the 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 folks who are driven and dedicated to getting those applications in round one are really buckling down and working hard on essays because it'll the month of August will just whisk by. Uh, I guess the other thing I wanted to mention in terms of a tool that could help you as you're kind of get, going through this process of prepping applications is we, we talked about it last week. We just launched ClearAdmit Plus, which is a special subscription service, gives you access to a whole bunch of exclusive content, including, what is it, over four hours of videos, Alex, that you and I made with kind of tips on every aspect of the admissions process. I think there are 25 videos and we cover the, you know, cover lots of stuff. And I actually, I got an email from someone who's been watching these videos and she wrote, uh, so this is one of our first, you know, Clear Admit Plus subscribers. And it's actually a woman who we featured on the podcast some time ago. And she wrote that, um, she felt like the video that we did on, let's see, she wrote, here it is. I found your video on what to avoid in essays very insightful, especially as I'm someone who has a tendency to be overly verbose. So I can't remember what we said in that video, Alex, but I guess there was some good good advice there. I think we did talk a little bit about the need to be concise and, and some of the mistakes people make, but just really cool to get that feedback that someone's joined Clear Admit Plus, is watching those Admissions Academy videos and putting them to work as she crafts her essays for round one. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And best of luck to, to, to that person. And and yeah, I'm excited to see what folks think of Clear Admit Plus, because obviously we put quite a lot of work in in, in prepare, preparing it. Now we're in that rollout phase. Yeah. So it is exciting. Yeah. So definitely check it out on the website or actually you can just go to bit.ly forward slash clear admit plus. It's all spelled out all lowercase. So yeah, please sign up. It's only nine ninety nine a month or we actually are running a special where you can get a year's worth of access for 45 bucks or something. So check it out. Um, I did also want to mention this person that I just quoted has another zany activity um, that, that she does while watching these videos. Um, she said she was doing some bodybuilding prep. And so she mentioned we should add that to the list of weird things people do while listening to our podcast or now consuming Clear Admit Plus Admissions Academy stuff. So uh, there you go, bodybuilding. I don't know if anyone's ever you know done competitive body, bodybuilding training while listening to this show. So there you go, Alex. <laughs> that is, it sounds like a first to me. <laughs> Yeah, excellent. Uh, over on the website, we've done a couple more admissions director Q&As. Lauren, our editor-in-chief, uh, connected with Kirsten Moss, who's the dean of admissions at Stanford. And I wanted to read a really short quote from Kirsten because I just think it's a, a really nice way to frame uh, approaching Stanford's process. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people worry about this stuff. So he, she just gave us one response. I'm just going to read it out. It's um, She says, 
do not take yourself out of the running because you believe you do not have the right profile. There is no right profile. We're looking for individuals who aspire to change lives, change organizations, and maybe even change the world. If you have ever developed a new insight, taken initiative, persisted through a tough challenge, or invested in the growth of others, tell us. We want to know. So I think that's kind of Kirsten basically saying, hey, you know what, don't don't count yourself out of applying to Stanford just because you don't have some giant GMAT score or there's something that you think, you know, you don't measure up. I mean, and I really believe her when she says it. So it's really nice to sort of hear that. And I know you're a big fan of their, <laughs> their application process in general. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and as I think we addressed in, in um, Kermit Plus, that first Stanford essay is just a great essay to tackle, yeah. um, to, to brainstorm, regardless of what schools you end up applying to. I love it. What means most to you and why? Yeah. Such a simple question that requires such deep introspection. And that's, you know, that's a great way to sort of, you know, chew on that question for a week or two and then start looking at the different business schools you're applying. Fantastic. Yeah. And then the other thing we did is we, um, Lauren connected with Rebecca Mallon Churchill, who's the director of admissions at Arizona State University's Cary School of Business. And I actually, it was interesting. I read that interview and she was talking about testing. And, you know, we, we hear a range of opinions from schools about these standardized tests and waivers. And, and she actually said that the GMAT or GRE remains a critical part of the application for students who want to put forth the most competitive application that they can. Then she said, we do, however, understand that many limitations students have in the world. And so we offer the ability to request a waiver of the exam. Waivers are typically approved for candidates who have a strong representation of quantitative skills, either in their professional background or in their academics. While the discussion as to whether or not to have a standardized exam is a true indicator, or sorry, the discussion of whether or not a standardized exam is a true indicator of success remains, we find that the process of preparing for the test is a great preparation tool to be successful in a rigorous program like the MBA. So I thought that was kind of interesting because there's a lot of buzz around our tests valid or, you know, and I just thought it was an interesting way to put it, that this idea of prepping for the test is in of itself a really good exercise to get ready for the rigors of the MBA classroom. Yeah, the only caveat to all that, Graham, is what about the, the person that took the test four years ago? Right. Then you get into that issue of, yeah, because what is it, three-year limitation or is it, I can't even remember, is it well, it's, five? It's traditionally been five, yeah, five years, yeah. but the point is, if they did that prep work <laughs> five years ago, yeah. it's probably not going to resonate now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, so in any event, you can read the full interview with her over on our website. I also had a really good time. I know I mentioned this last week, but the um, podcast I recorded with Eddie Aspie, who's the director of admissions at Cornell, that aired last week. So people can listen to that now. It's out. A lot of fun talking with him. He's a great guy. And I've actually, I mean, we've been connecting with admissions officers right and left of late because, you know, last week... I got to hang out with admissions uh, directors from Columbia, MIT, NYU, Stanford, and Wharton, had a great uh, essay workshop with them. And this week is the last essay workshop for the month, uh, the, for the summer months. We'll do them again, I think, in, I want to say, September, October. But um, this one is our last one for a little while, and it's this Wednesday at noon, and it's going to feature Cornell. 
speaking of, <laughs> of Eddie, uh, also Ross, Michigan will be there, UCLA Anderson, UNC Keenan Flagler, and Yale School of Management. So a really great group of schools once again. I'm really looking forward to that. So that'll be this Wednesday. And you can sign up by just going to bit.ly forward slash C-A-M-B-A essays, all lowercase, all one word. You said Johnson, Ross, Keenan Flagler, Yale. Did I miss one? Yeah, so uh, UCLA, Anderson. Oh, yeah. very good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So before we get into our candidates for this week, I wanted to read a really nice review. We finally, it'd been a little while since anyone had reviewed this show. And, you know, we kind of depend on that. Like people reviewing the show helps others to, you know, discover it. And so David, who you might know, um, uh, Alex, one of our, you know, one of the people who had been a long time listener of the show and had been coming to some of those clubhouse events that we were doing. Uh, anyway, he wrote a review that said, uh, the title of the review was honest, thoughtful, genuine. And he said, for any MBA hopeful, I highly recommend this podcast as both Graham and Alex provide honest and thoughtful advice to MBA perspectives aiming to apply for their target application round. If you've ever been confused on how the MBA application works, Alex and Graham provide the admissions insight into why admissions officers see your application a particular way. On a personal note, thank you both for the advice you have given me. I reflected on your advice and guidance, and I'm now a part of Team Fuqua. And then he says, go Duke. <laughs> so congratulations to David, who's now a student at Fuqua. And thanks a lot for that review. It really does help us. So if you're on the fence and you're thinking, oh, they don't need more reviews, it really does help us. So please rate and review the show <laughs> wherever you listen. Um, Alex, do you remember David from those conversations we had when we were about doing Clubhouse and stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, that was one of the real nice things about Clubhouse. You got a sense of really meeting these folks Yeah. Um, and, 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 and stuff. It might actually be something we'll we'll explore again this this upcoming season if Clubhouse still exists. I'll have to <laughs> check on that. But yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, and we're trying to replicate it a little bit with the admissions um, with ClearAdmit Plus because we are going to have monthly uh, kind of monthly get-togethers, webinars where you and I are going to hang out with anyone who's a ClearAdmit Plus member. That is paid. I mean, you got to be a ClearAdmit Plus member, but again, it's not much money. So people could join us that way if they want to hang out and, and get their questions answered. Uh, another thing you can do is always write to us at info at ClearAdmit. Dot com. Use the subject line wiretaps and Alex or I will get back to you. So Alex, should we get into our candidates this week? You picked out three uh, really interesting <laughs> profiles again, as usual. So I'm ready if you are. <laughs> Let's kick on. All right. So this is wiretaps candidate number one. Should I tell you why I selected this person, Graham? <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> because they are a Clear Admit Plus member. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I didn't realize that. Oh, well, here we go. So well, this is... <laughs> just a quick plug for Clear Admit Plus. Yeah. You want to be yeah. on this show? Yeah. Become a Clear Admit Plus member and then go to <laughs> ApplyWire and post your entry. Well, actually, then, then, then you actually have to comment because I wouldn't know it if you just posted the entry. That's but, true. Fair yeah. point. Anyway, All right. I, so, I, I, I digress. So, the, <laughs> so this is Wiretaps candidate number one. This is a, an ApplyWire entry that you've selected. Who It's a candidate who wants to start in the fall of 23. They have seven schools on the target list, and they are what we've got Carnegie Mellon, Cornell, IMD uh, in Switzerland, London Business School, Michigan, NYU Stern, and UT Austin McCombs. They have been working in technology and avionics, um, and actually kind of for their country's space research program. Uh, they are thinking about getting into consulting or technology, 
or maybe aerospace or automotive, they have a lot of options post-MBA that they're currently considering. They did list a handful of technology companies uh, and even uh, a consulting firm. So they had Booz Allen, they have Apple, Google, HP, IBM, Samsung. I mean, the list goes on. Um, they have a GMAT score of 710. Their GPA is a 3.3, although I think you traded um, comments with them on the, the entry on the website, and we learned that it's really a 7.75 out of 10. They're located in India, and they attended a, a kind of an engineering program in India where the scoring is out of 10. They also did tell us in those comments that their um, rank in the class was somewhere in the kind of top 10 or 15 out of a, I guess the class size was 60. So they're kind of top quarter of the class, I guess. Uh, other than that, they're really into something called astrophotography. Uh, and they've actually been helping others get into it. They, they really like um, taking pictures of outer space. I presume that's what that involves. Uh, and they've, they've done a handful of other things. They're really interested in finance, so they spend a lot of their extra time uh, investing, and they've cleared uh, CFA Level 1 and are planning to take CFA Level 2. So that's kind of the nuts and bolts of this candidacy. Um, it is a, uh, it's a 28-year-old male Indian engineer. So, Alex, do you want to walk us through what you think of this candidacy? Did I tell you they're a clear admit plus man? You did. <laughs> you did. Yes. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, all right. This is your your atypical Indian male engineer. I assume male. I, I don't know that we know that definitively, but let's make that assumption, um, which maybe that's not appropriate. But um, but but the point is that from that perspective, they're sort of potentially overrepresented, so they need to target the first round. I think that's that's kind of what I'm I'm trying to um, say here. Um, so targeting the first round would be very good. I love 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 the idea that not only are they a clear admit plus member, but also their experience has been in space, um, space engineering, space technology, or whatever that might be. Um, and, and why do I love that? I think that's probably a growing field. Um, and it's a very, you know, if you think about what is, you know, space, space tech and so on and so forth, you know, you think only about innovative companies, et cetera, et cetera. So they've got to be in, have been in a very innovative environment. I think they've done quite well in terms of what they've been doing at work. So I really like that aspect. Um, their, their additional interests, you know, are photographing in space. So it seems like they're really passionate about this area of interest. So I'm really keen for them to potentially focus on this in terms of targeting their long-term goal um, in, in terms of continuing and innovating in, in the space industry, because it has to be a growing industry. There's got to be opportunities for someone like this. Um, and that will help separate them um, a little bit from other, um, you know, overrepresented tech folks. Um, so, so I think that's really important. I mean, they've said they've identified an interest in finance. They've actually done CFA level one. Um, yeah, that's all good. And, you know, Adcom will will potentially appreciate that, but only a little bit. Yeah. They'll much more appreciate their experience in space, um, <laughs> in, 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 in their space work or whatever it is. So to the extent they can show leadership at work, um, which I think they can, I think they expressed a couple of things um, in terms of leading, supervising, you know, technicians, et cetera, et cetera. 
um, that's going to be very good. So my number, well, my two big pieces of advice for this candidate um, are um, to um, apply in round one and really make space the centre of the application in terms of their goal focus. Not necessarily short term. I get the idea that you want to work in management consulting, get more business experience in, in that side. I, I get all that. But the long term goal, having this passion for space, I think would be very, very good. They did say that they are considering or planning to retake the GMAT, please try to get that done ahead of the round one schedule, um, if that's possible. Because yeah, a seven ten with a with a you know a seven seven five um, GPA um, isn't going <coughs> to allow the candidate to stand out. Um, so if if they yeah if they came back with a seven forty or a seven fifty, then that's going to be going to have some impact too. And I don't think they're being overly ambitious in, in the schools that they've targeted. Um, they, they probably need to narrow their focus, you know, in terms of do they really want to be in the US or Europe post-MBA? That should help them drive down that list of target schools a little bit. But they're sort of aiming at the top 16 in the US. And then, then you've got London Business School, IMD, um, in Europe. I think, you know... If, if, if they came back with a slightly higher GMAT, had a really good focus on space or whatever, why not take a flyer at one or two M7s um, to complement the top, top, top 16? Um, but anyway, yeah. I could keep going there, but that's my quick thoughts. <laughs> yeah, so you keep talking about how they're working in space. I just want to clarify for our listeners that I believe they're working in India, but, but in the space yeah. <laughs> sector. Yeah, yeah. Now, and it's yeah. funny, you kept saying space is expanding. Um, and yes, I believe the universe is continuing to <laughs> expand. Yes. But also, you know, you've got, um, it was interesting because you, you mentioned this to them about, you know, gosh, why aren't you just pushing, go all in on working in that domain? And they mentioned, oh, there may not be that many companies or jobs. It's kind of a sought after thing. And it, there, there aren't a lot. But when I, you know, I was kind of noodling on this and, you know, obviously you have the, you know, the SpaceX's of the world, but you also have, you know, Boeing, Airbus, a lot of the more traditional um, aviation companies that do things uh, and in conjunction with government agencies to, you know, building things for space as well. So I feel like there is, you know, plenty out there and that they could roll in with that kind of a goal. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. This would help distance them from the pack. I do want to mention, you know, they're currently, they, they mentioned somewhere in their post that they're, you know, they're leading or supervising a team of 15 right now. Yeah. Uh, so they're, I think they have good leadership chops. They have a really interesting niche industry. They have, as you said, a great hobby with astrophotography. The finance thing's kind of interesting as a side thing, not, not as a central piece or anything. Um, but a big GMAT could make a big difference in my view. And the only other thing I wanted to put out there is they have this list of schools. Like you said, you know, there's some European schools, some American schools would be useful if they could just sort of narrow down where they want to be and, and, and run with it. With that said, I wanted to note IMD, which is a you know fantastic program in, in Lausanne, is they, I believe, only start in January. So it's on a different cycle. And so I don't know if that means that this candidate has probably already applied there for January or if they're thinking, well, if I don't get into the September start date, U.S. type programs or LBS, I'm then going to apply to IMD after. But I just want to make sure they recognize that I don't believe you can start in September at IMD. So just a sidebar. Right. Um, but, but yeah, interesting candidacy. And I, I do agree with you. If they could retake the GMAT and boost their score, that would help them to stand out even more because I'm worried about Indian male, potentially, um, engineer 
yeah, it just would be great for. I mean, yeah. the the key if they are in that bucket, Indian male engineer, the the real fundamental truth to MBA admissions is there is a significant difference between round one and round two. It's just the way the world works. Yeah, so if you're they need yeah. to have this list of schools well defined and ready and apply in round one to maximize yeah. their opportunity. Space will differentiate them, but it doesn't take away from the fact that they're Indian, yeah. IT, yeah, and exactly. we think male, but I don't think that's that's absolutely expressed, but, yeah. but let's make that assumption. If they're female, then that will help them stand out a little bit more. Why is that the case? Because there's less female folk working as engineers, right? I mean, their gender imbalance as engineers is certainly going to tilt towards male right. over female, not, not just in India, yeah. but around the world, right? So therefore, um, gender does matter. Yeah, agreed. All right, so I want to thank that person for the post and wish them best of luck. Hopefully some of the advice we're giving um, gets put to use and we'll, we'll see how it all turns out. But good luck to them as they continue along their admissions journey. Let's move on and talk about I thought you were going to say good luck to them as they watch all our videos. Oh, right, because they're creative. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, so <laughs> let's move on and talk about Wiretap's candidate number two. So this is another ApplyWire entry, although it is for a candidate who wants to start in the fall of 24. Uh, and so they've got a little bit of time. Uh, currently, there are eight schools on the target list, and those schools include Columbia, Tuck, Harvard, MIT, Stanford, UCLA, Wharton, and Darden. This candidate is a software engineer. Uh, she is looking maybe to get into consulting or tech after business school. Not fully decided yet on the path that she wants to take. There's some, um, there's sort of a range of possibilities, but she has Apple, Google. Um, she's got her family's business uh, on, on, the, on the list as well, because she might return or, or join, sorry, a family business that's in the tech space. Her GMAT score is a 720. Uh, she actually, I believe, just took it and got a 720. She has a 3.77 GPA, and she studied computer science at University of Washington. So tough major, 3.77. She's been working for a couple of years and currently is working at Microsoft, uh, located in Seattle, wants to ideally stay on the West Coast. And before I let you kind of explore her candidacy, Alex, I wanted to read, she, she left us a little note, which just said, hello, clear admit, so excited that I finally get to post after having listened to so many Wiretaps episodes. I really want to thank you all for providing such great resources that have really guided me through the start of my MBA application journey. So I'll leave it there. She's a 24-year-old female, and the only other wrinkle I wanted to share, and she didn't elaborate on this, but she says she was born in Spain. Um, and then grew up in the Bay Area. So there you have it, Alex. What do you make of this candidacy? She's not a clear admit member yet. <laughs> clear admit plus. No. Or at least the last time she posted on, on a flywire. And I make that point just to make it very clear. We don't right. only highlight yeah, totally. clear admit plus members. But if she wants to become a clear admit plus member, it might help no. her. I'm joking. But anyway. Um, yeah. So, but what do you make of her? Because she's—it's a really interesting. I didn't even get into some of her outside activities, which I'm hoping you'll—you'll you'll mention. But yeah. So, what, what do you think of her chances are, given that she's got a year to apply still? Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a female engineer, and we just talked in in, in as we were discussing our last candidate that 
in, in, in that regard, they're in a minority. This is an immigrant um, to the United States, so she had to overcome um, hurdles in, in that regard. And you talk about ECs. She now works, I think, in local libraries, um, giving lessons to um, fellow immigrants Reading, and so forth yeah. in terms of, yeah. I, I guess, language skills and, and, and maybe computer skills and stuff like that. So that's really, really good. I do like like folks that, that are getting involved in helping others that um, are experiencing what that person sort of experienced to get to where they are today, right? That sort of idea, that's really, really good. Um, yeah, their numbers, 720, 377, that puts them in the ballpark for the top programs. Um, they, they're a software engineer um, for Microsoft. I mean, that's a great company. We know that. And you know, she's only had two years of experience and I misspoke on ApplyWire actually because I recommended to her to just apply to reach programs this season and then roll out her strategy for next season. Right. And I missed the, the beat where she's actually saying, well, I'm, I'm actually thinking ahead another year before I apply, which again, I think is fantastic because she's planning ahead. So she's got another year to really push herself um, to, to be ready for the MBA experience, that really does sort of behoove her well, um, um, you know, in terms of maybe now as she's working at Microsoft, she can start looking for some more challenging assignments, you know, she can network with the supervisors to get placed on projects that are really going to push her out of a comfort zone a little bit. Um, so, so and, and also, again, outside of work, continue to sort of challenge yourself and, and do really interesting and good things. Um, but there's a lot, a lot to like about this candidate, Graham, from a personal profile standpoint, from an yeah. academic profile standpoint, the beginning of a professional career. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I would be a huge fan. She does ask or, or she does suggest she might want to be looking at MBA MS programs um, because of her, obviously, her background in computer science and as a software engineer. I'm not sure she needs to do that, frankly. Um, if she wants to take additional electives um, on the computer science side, she can do that within the MBA curriculum. Um, for example, at, at many, I, I imagine at most schools she's targeting. Um, so, um, so yeah, um, lots of opportunity here, Graham. Yeah, I, I agree, by the way. I mean, she was asking, yeah, is there a value in doing the joint degree or something? And I feel like she's got that undergrad in computer science, has been working at Microsoft. If she goes and gets an MBA, no one's going to question her technical chops. I mean, I just think she's probably okay in that category at this point, especially given that she wants to do management and not coding or something. So, yeah, I, I like her a lot. I feel like the other thing that jumped out at me that, that just was kind of a funny thing is that she, uh, in addition to helping uh, with a reading program for immigrants at her local library and stuff for underprivileged kids and stuff, she, you know, she likes to run, travel, cook, and she also has gotten into competitive dog showing with her pandemic puppy. So I, so just, you know, lots of like interesting um, little tidbits here that I think make her stand out. And I'm thinking about that, you know, she's not going to apply there, I don't think, but Duke has that essay where you have to give 25 random things about yourself. And, you know, being a pandemic, having a pandemic puppy that you show in competitive dog competitions is kind of a fun tidbit. So anyway, just a lot of things jumped out at me and I feel like she's got some time. She's thinking about whether or not she should take the GMAT again. 
and I pulled her stats. I mean, remember we said she had a 720. I looked at the breakdown and she actually has a 96th percentile on the verbal, but a much lower 49th percentile on the quant, if my numbers are right. So, you know, I, I guess part of me was like, wow, if she could just like really buckle down and master the math portion of the GMAT, she could end up with like a 750 without a lot of, you know, it wouldn't take much, you know, just a few more points on that math side will start to, you know, see the score jump off the page. So I don't know what you think about that. I mean, given that she already is really competitive and has a 720, but she also has like over a year before she needs to apply. So do you, I mean, do you think she should retake or should she just let, let it rest? It's an interesting question, Graham, because on the surface, a 720, 377, should be fine. I'd be like, there's way more important things to focus on, but the one caveat that I would into, well, you've actually highlighted a caveat. Maybe if she can improve that quant score, only a point that would make a, a big impact, actually. Um, but but um, the, the other thing to think about is she's not applying till next season. So she's got that additional year. If she thinks she can squeeze 20 more points out of the test, um, improve that quant score a little bit, um, then yeah. A 740 is always better than a 720. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, you know, any which way you cut it. If she came back with a profile of 740, 377, three years of work experience, very progressive work experience or whatever, that's better than 720, 377, three years of progressive work experience. It doesn't matter which way you argue it. Does she need to get better? We don't know that. She might now with this profile in another year be fine. go across the board, Harvard, Stanford and Wharton and have the pick of where she wants because she probably has the qualities for those very best programs. But um, we don't know that she could sweep the board and with a 740-377, three years of experience, she's got a better chance of sweeping the board. So yeah, and I guess I mean, it's, it's, it, yeah. it makes sense, right? Yeah. Your essays always have to be as good as they can be. Your, um, you know, your GP... So it's the same with a GMAT. Yeah. Provide your best score. Yeah. I mean, I think I would not say she has to do it, but if she has the time and wants to do it and thinks she can confidently, you know, boost that score, why not? It could end up impacting some scholarship dollars, not with Stanford or Harvard because they're need-based, but the other schools where there's some merit-based scholarshiping that's done, um, that could be, yeah. Anyway, uh, really glad that she was able to post. I'm thrilled that she's been listening to the show for a while and, and obviously, you know, thinking ahead, I love these early bird candidates who, you know, just seem to have it all together and, and know what they want. So yeah, let's um, wish her the best of luck. And, and, and you're not upset upset that she's not a clear admit no she's got time okay very good (laughs) all right Ah, she's got another year yeah exactly i love it yeah (laughs) (laughs) we'll 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 get her yeah (laughs) wear her down yeah so uh let's move on and talk about wiretaps candidate number three so this final candidate is um going to be trying to start business school next fall so fall of 23 Uh, They've been working in proprietary trading, and they're thinking about getting into asset management after business school. They've got companies like BlackRock, Goldman, J.P. Morgan Asset Management on the list. The schools that they have on their target list are Carnegie Mellon, Columbia, Cornell, Chicago Booth, and UCLA Anderson. They have a GMAT score of 730. Their GPA, they listed it as a 3.0, but then they revealed that they'd actually tried to convert um, from a 7.5 out of 10 out of a top 20 engineering college in India, and they were in the top 25% of that program. So 
I don't know that it's really a 3-0. It's always a little bit dangerous. I assume that might be a point that you wanted to make, Alex, that we'll get into. Um, they've been working for four years. They're located in Dubai. I believe they've done a couple work, uh, a couple of years of work experience in Dubai and a couple back in India prior. They say that they want to land in either the U.S., the U.K., or Europe. And uh, yeah, that, those are kind of the basic things. They, they've done a ton of debate, uh, you know, like model UN type stuff. And they've also done some work for women's rights and empowerment outside of work with a nonprofit uh, and done some donation drives, things like that. So we don't know if this is a male or a female candidate. Um, so, you know, we, we don't, they didn't share that information. So we'll, we'll kind of just um, go from there. Alex, what do you make of this candidacy? Yeah, um, interesting in as much as actually I think that matters whether they're male or female, because on the one hand, they might actually be sort of almost overrepresented in terms of their sort of work profile. I think regionally, they're, I'm assuming they're originally from India. Yes. And now are working in Dubai. Yeah, that was my understanding. Um, so, so you know, I'm making some assumptions, but it might put them in the overrepresented bucket. If they're, if they're female... Um, then they're less overrepresented, right? Because, and, and certainly in these types of industries and, and so forth. The other th- interesting thing is if they, if they are male and overrepresented, I think it's really interesting that they're an ally um, for, you know, you know, advocating for women's rights and empowerment. Yeah. So, so there's an argument that actually being an ally would be a really interesting sort of, um, sort of addition to the profile. So, so, so we don't know that. Um, we don't know if they're a male that are, is an ally or, or if they're female, mm-hmm. but either would, would, would sort of elevate the story, um, a little bit, yeah. I think. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, um, GMAT's good, 7.30. That's, you know, hits the sweet spot. It's the average median for, for many of the top programs. Um, and, and yeah, their GPA, um, is 7.5 out of 10, kind of like our first candidate. It's, it's sort of, if you do a literal conversion, it doesn't look as good as letting, making sure that the um, schools know what your class rank was, the rigor of the program, and so on and so forth. That's going to be very important to articulate. They're probably going to need to target the first rounds regardless of whether, you know, their gender profile. Yeah. Um, I think that would be good, or at least give them their maximum um, chances. I don't think they need to retake the GMAT or anything like that. Um, so they've had a, a career in asset man- uh, in, in proprietary trading, um, fixed income um, trading and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, you might know a little bit more about what that truly means than I do, Graham, but, um, you know, <laughs> clearly you've got to show some, some chops for, for doing well in that environment. Yeah. Um, and and they, they were active extracurriculars in undergrad. And like, like you say, they, they now work for this nonprofit um, outside of work. So there's, you know, there's... Pretty good potential here, Graham. Nothing's really leaping off the page. Um, I'm sort of reading this type of profile and thinking, well, this is a candidate that's using the MBA to relocate. Now, that might be a little harsh, but we do have candidates that are deliberately seeking the MBA to get into a different region of the world. I think Mm. that might be the case here. Um, And one of the reasons why I think that is They've said their post-MBA location is anywhere other than where I am, <laughs> says US, UK and Europe. 
Um, so I'd like to see a bit more clarity on that post-MBA location. That will help them sort of source out the best programs um, for them to target. Um, and, you know, they've, they've got some good target programs in the U.S., I think. I think Tepper, um, Columbia, Johnson, Chicago all make very good sense. Anderson's a bit of an outlier being on the West Coast, but maybe it's it's appropriate. Um, we know Johnson and, and Chicago and, and Columbia and, and TAP are all very good on the finance side, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's a lot that makes sense here. There's lots of potential ingredient here. Um, just looking for something in here to really, truly stand out. Yeah, I wrote in my notes as I was looking at this that I just had a lot of question marks. You know, I wanted to know, like we said, what's the gender of this candidate? What's the deal with India and Dubai? Are they from India originally, presumably, but we don't know it for sure. And then what brought them to Dubai? It sounds like it's work, but yeah, just kind of understanding. And I also was a little bit confused in that, you know, they say they want to land in the UK, the EU or the US, but then all the schools on their list are in the US. So I was a little puzzled by that. It's almost like, you know, if if they, if they really do want to land on the continent or in the UK, then you would think they might have a school or two on the list from those markets because we know geography does matter. Yeah. So, yeah, in any event, though, I, I think, as you say, a lot of the ingredients are potentially here. You know, it sounds like they've excelled at work. They've had an international experience. The numbers are fine. They went to a good engineering school in India, top 20 at least. So it's, you know, again, they probably need to play in the first round, as you say. And it's just, yeah, still, still some question marks that I would want answers to. I will say, the list of schools is interesting in that it wasn't, you know, Harvard, Wharton, you know, they, they seem to be focusing on a lot of top 16. And then they, they do have, you know, Columbia and Chicago on the list as well. But they seem to be casting a little bit of a wider net. So that's nice to see. It's, you know, it, it's um, a little bit maybe more in line with where their numbers are lining up and their kind of overrepresentation potentially. So, yeah. so we'll see. But I do agree that they ha- seem to have a good list. I had the same exact reaction of like, okay, those East Coast schools on their list are all really noted for kind of um, computational finance or asset management, or, you know, they all have their different strengths, investment banking. And so, yeah, the, the UCLA, which is a great program, I just wasn't trying to figure out where, I was trying to figure out where that one came from on their list, but they must have a reason, or maybe maybe it could be personal too. They might want to just be in LA. So hard to say. <laughs> uh, in any event, yeah, it'd be interesting if they provide some more detail. I know you had a little bit of dialogue with them on the site, so we'll see how it evolves. But yeah, could be could be a lot to like here, and they, they might have success, but I think they're going to have to apply in the first round. Yeah, apply in the first round, but... Again, I, I do think we might be underselling them just a little bit. There's, there does seem in the little bit of information we have about them, there's a lot of quality here. So I don't want them to be listening to this thinking, oh, they're not that impressed. <laughs> I thought I'd actually done some really interesting stuff. Right. So so um, be, that it, be that as it may, um, there, there's a lot. There is a lot of potential here, I think, and um, but target that first round. That that to me, uh, they don't have to retake the GMAT or anything like that. So they should get all their ducks in a row and get apt in for the first round. That would be best. Yeah, agreed. All right, so Alex, I appreciate you picking out these candidates this week, as always. Um, some cool things that we kind of tackled from an early bird to, you know, these issue of, of, of retaking a test and, and also just going with something that helps you to stand out, you know, in terms of if this person's working in the space industry, that that's really interesting. They should run with it, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. um, in any event, we'll be back in one week's time to do it all again. Uh, thanks a lot, Alex. And I guess I'll yeah see you in one week. <laughs> Very good. Best of luck, everyone. Stay safe.